Hello and welcome to a video game odyssey. I'm your host Fergus Pearson and today I'll be reviewing Metroid Prime, but before we get to that let's get a brief synopsis of the game. Released on the Nintendo GameCube in 2002, Metroid Prime is a first person adventure game and the first title developed by Nintendo's second party company, Retro Studios. The game sees the first Metroid adventure since 1994's Super Metroid, itself being considered one of the greatest games of the 16-bit generation. Metroid Prime emulates its predecessor by incorporating exploration, non-linear progression, feelings of isolation and a science fiction setting. The game has an adjustable difficulty and takes around 14 hours to complete. There are no supporting characters in Metro Prime, no omnipotent figureheads spouting expository dialogue, no shopkeepers to keep you company, or red jumper wearing squad members whose sole purpose is to be fed to some ferocious beast for sake of plot progression. The player assumes the role of Samus Aran, a yellow and orange armour plated bounty hunter who seems to cherish solitude above all else. So apparent is her stoicism that through the whole play session the audience never get to hear her utter a single syllable, and our view of her is restricted to a brief glimpse of her eyes and nose reflecting in her spacesuit. This is very telling of Retro Studios' treatment of the Metroid series formula. It wants to preserve the series' unobtrusive nature and mystique of its protagonist. There was a nine year gap between this and the previous Metroid installment, and in that time Mario, Donkey Kong and Zelda had all made their transition into three dimensions, electing to give greater precedence to narrative and handholding in an effort to ease the player into the vastly more complex methods of play, movability and camera control that 3D gaming afforded. In this regard it could be argued that each of these franchises traded in a part of what made them so appealing for the sake of accessibility. No such compromise is made in Metroid Prime. Samus is alone for the entirety of the game's length. The game does not teach its mechanics through text boxes, but rather through an integrated cold open reminiscent of Super Metroid. Here the player familiarises themselves with the controls through curiosity and experimentation, only to have them quickly scrutinised in a daring evacuation mission. However, despite their name, Retro Studios are not satisfied with mere preservation of the Metroid formula. The shift to first person informs so much about the game's design and greatly embellishes the thick layers of isolation, immersion and exploration Metroid is renowned for. By having the player placed inside Samus Aran's suit, they not only excavate derelict alien homeworlds through a new perspective, but the first person view also devilishly repurposes the head-up display by contextualising it. What Samus sees is exactly what the player sees. Missile capacity and vitality are monitored not for the player's benefit, but more for Samus as a character. Retro take this new perspective further, making these hostile lands feel more believable and tangible through uses of steam jets fogging up Samus's visor, a venom spit blinds the player, and electromagnetic interference can make the head-up display momentarily disappear.
the first-person view even informs level design. Towers dwarf over the heroine, and foliage mask nearby threats, while summits give Samus lay of the land. Understandably, aiming too is given greater pertinence, and there are even many occasions where the player must look vertically as well as horizontally to retrieve clues on where to go next and to extinguish flying and wall-hanging critters. In fact, speaking of enemy designs, it is interesting to witness the effort the developers have made to include naturally occurring alien flora that work as obstacles and hostiles. Fungi block Samus's path, its poisonous spores permeating the surroundings when dispatched of, while alien stingrays do not pose a physical threat but instead are anchor points for when Samus unlocks a grapple hook ability. When it comes to more formidable foes, Retro have incorporated a similar amount of thoughtfulness and diversity. Electric balls of energy draw to Samus when she charges her gun. Bipedal snow creatures immobilise Samus with icy breath, but can be cut down quickly if the player can get to their vulnerable backs. Meanwhile, space pirates are introduced a third the way through the game, but ultimately do not feel satisfying to fight. The reason for this is a complicated one. Metro Prime is a first-person adventure, not a first-person shooter. This distinction not only denotes how progression is handled in the game, but also the de-emphasis on combat. Most shootouts require the player lock onto a single enemy, shooting and strafing around them. There are no grenades, and the different beams Samus can equip are mainly used to exploit a foe's vulnerability, or to overcome environmental puzzles. For this reason, most fights do not feel like a genuine threat, with challenge instead coming from staying alive long enough to safely traverse from one save point to the next. Thankfully, when it matters, combat can be thrilling. Boss fights, though more a test of agility and careful observation rather than resources and wits, are intimidating and rewarding. While these encounters may feel a little underwhelming in the game's opening hours, by the final third, Metro Prime reveals its full potential culminating in the penultimate and final bosses being amongst the best to ever grace a Nintendo published game. Samus intermittently acquires the upgrades needed to take on these fearsome foes through exploration and through implementing learned mechanics and new scenarios. When first entering a new region, the player is tempted by out-of-reach ledges and small holes in walls. As weapon and suit upgrades, such as double jumps and the ability to morph into a ball are earned, these areas become new again, being host to a bevy of new secrets to unearth. While many of these upgrades will be familiar to Metroid veterans, one thing that is wholly new is Samus's visor abilities. Though an X-ray and a thermal visor are unlocked later in the game and have their own ingenious uses, the most valuable view is through the scan visor. Scanning architecture and points of interest provide flavour text that do not intrude on the game's pace on a minimalist narrative approach. Examining flora and fauna reveals their threat level, movement and attack patterns as well as their ecological background. Each scan description written in such a way to provide maximum information whilst also increasing immersion. 
In fact, when considering all the effort Retro Studios have gone to maintain the qualities of Metroid, the scan visor may be the developer's crowning achievement. This is because it grants both developer and player a very specific level of control. It allows Retro Studios to control their ambience, to introduce greater narrative importance to the Metroid series whilst not undermining its subtleties. Meanwhile, it also gives the player control over how deep they want to delve into the game's lore. It treats the player with respect and asks them to explore and earn narrative. Of course, despite all this, Metro Prime is not without its flaws. The first person perspective knocks the series' platforming elements lower down the priority list. While as mentioned previously, the game's action is not as sophisticated as its peers. Similarly, though Retro Studios demonstrates a high calibre of craft, poise and respect for the player, when the player cannot fathom how to progress, the game breaks immersion and resorts to announcing where exactly the player needs to head for their next objective. The map screen too is a bugbear, with Retro Studios' labyrinthian level designs meaning the map must be consulted often, but rooms and thoroughfares sprout off in such a tangled organic mess that sometimes even the map cannot help the player make sense of them. However, that final gripe may be down to the Metroid Legacy. It is a single occurrence of Retro Studios being unable to perfectly translate a gameplay feature of 2D Metroid into this audiovisual, impressive 3D rebirth. Nonetheless, these hiccups are not enough to mar the overall experience. Metroid Prime is a controlled, opulent adventure and possibly the greatest transition from 2D to 3D, not only for what it preserves, but for magnifying what made the original games so captivating. Metroid Prime gets a 9 out of 10. A 9 out of 10 represents a game that I would highly recommend to die-hard fans of the genre or series. A 9 out of 10 also represents a high recommendation to general fans of the genre or series, with the game representing such a high level of quality that I would even recommend it to non-fans of the genre or series. This has been Fergus Pearson for A Video Game Odyssey, thank you very much for listening, and I hope to see you next time.